Hello and welcome to Finch Shots Daily. In today's episode, we offer an oversimplified explanation of the Ethereum merge. Everybody is talking about the Ethereum merge. Google even had a countdown timer featuring two cute pandas. The pandas get close to each other as D-Day approaches. 15 September that is. And many people have been asking us to talk about it. But you won't be able to follow this story unless you understand the fundamentals. So let's start from the top. Centralized systems. In centralized systems, you have a central authority making decisions. Sort of like a world where the king and queen rule over their subjects and make unilateral decisions based on their whims and fancies. In decentralized systems, decision making is more decentralized. Everybody is responsible for maintaining the integrity of the system and everybody is in control or at least in principle. So if you wanted to move money in a centralized banking system, you would have to depend on a centralized agency to facilitate this process. However, in a decentralized banking system, you could depend on your peers to facilitate transaction. There is no central agency. However, such decentralized networks pose a problem. For instance, how do you make sure everybody acts in a manner that's in the best interest of the group? If I were intent on acting maliciously, I could simply tell the networks that I sent money to another party without actually doing so, which is why you need validators, people who can authenticate transactions on the platform, people who will act in the best interest of the group. But this only begets another question. What prevents the validator from acting maliciously? What if they turn out to be traitors? Well then you should have a way to weed them out, make them pay for their indiscretion. How do you do that? Let the validators put up collateral, something of value that they could stake. If they do their job right, you could reward them. If they mess up, the network could seize this collateral, make them pay. This is the basic principle on which all blockchains work. A validator approves a transaction by putting up something of value and thereby paving the way for a consensus that all is well within the group. The only catch is that participants can go about achieving consensus in different ways. The first method is called proof of work. Here, every validator has to spend a significant amount of time and energy verifying transactions. You have probably seen people set up massive warehouses filled with computing machines that run around the clock. At the end of it, their job is to verify transactions. If they get it right, the group or the network rewards them with new coins. And if they get it wrong, then they will have wasted all that time and energy for nothing because they don't get anything in return. And while this method gets the job done, it is time-consuming and energy-intensive. Just take Ethereum for instance. The network consumes as much energy as the entire country of Finland, which explains why people have been looking for an alternative, an alternative like proof of stake. In this method, you don't need validators to run massive computing systems. Instead, you get them to have skin in the game by staking some of their own coins. If they do their job right, you give them more coins. If they screw up or act maliciously, you impose a penalty. Seize a part of their collateral or all of it, depending on how you want to deploy the system. Okay. Now we have the basics down. Let's see what's happening with Ethereum. The merge is a technology upgrade where participants in the Ethereum network move from the energy intensive proof of work protocols to the faster proof of stake protocols. Now nobody knows for certain if there are ways to exploit the blockchain given that proof of stake protocols have never been deployed at this scale. 
but there is some agreement that the switch could make the Ethereum network more investor friendly. It's quite simple really. The merge is expected to reduce Ethereum's energy consumption by approximately 99.95%. This alone will get some institutional investors interested. There's also the fact that applications built on top of the Ethereum blockchain could also benefit from the merge. In a recent note, Bank of America used the example of an insurance company, a certain Nexus Mutual, to describe this in greater detail. Nexus Mutual intends to use the Ethereum blockchain to dole out insurance policies for those dealing with crypto hacks. They will collect your premiums, pool all the money, invest it somewhere and then make the payouts, all using the Ethereum blockchain. The only problem? In the real world, they could always invest the premiums in safe government bonds and make a decent return. In the blockchain, however, they don't have similar avenues. However, with the new proof-of-stake protocols at work, Bank of America believes companies like Nexus Mutual could expect similar risk and reward profiles while staking their ether with verifying transactions. They could theoretically replace government bonds with this new alternative. So yes, there's a lot of hype surrounding the merge and we will just have to wait and see how the Ethereum blockchain scales from here on in. Thank you for listening to today's episode. FinShots Daily is available on a bunch of streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. So make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast streaming platform. Until next time.